This is the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. Once again, we are back, as always, and it was a weird week. It was a weird week for me personally. It was a weird week for wrestling as a lot of jobs were lost. Um, and, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on that's not necessarily inside the ring, but outside of it. And we're going to cover all that today. I just want to start off by saying thank you to whoever continuously listens. Uh, sometimes this is this is tough, this show. Um, because doing it by myself is good and bad. It's good because, you know, I have full control. And that, that feels nice. But I feel like there's something missing some weeks. You know, playful banter with a co-host of some sort could be a lot better. And overall, I'm just having doubts. I'll admit that. I can openly admit that about my show. And that's because I want to be honest with everyone. So if you listen, thank you. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining. And if you simply believe in me I appreciate that more than you know I'm not giving up the only road is forward so why don't we just jump into the show and talk about a lot of things that have went down this week including the WWE talent releases which really happened essentially the day that this podcast came out last week. Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Tucker, Kalisto, Bo Dallas, and Mo Joe Raleigh were all released from the WWE this past week as a part of budget cuts, which was reported. And it was on the exact same day, April 15th, as it was last year when they had a mass releases around the company and you you feel for the talent that were so blindsided by this you feel for those who wanted to make this work especially Billy Kay Peyton Royce I think those two are you know two of the major ones who probably didn't want out in any way and 
were really hurt by what happened to their contracts. It was a real shock to them if you read their messages. Uh, for the likes of a Mickey James and Samoa Joe, this is a chance to complete careers, a chance to finish careers, a chance to continue legendary careers in this business. Uh, Samoa Joe had to be the most shocking one to many people because Samoa Joe was uh, just four nights off of WrestleMania where he was the lead Raw commentator alongside Michael Cole. You know, he was important. And a lot of it has to do, I think, with the fact that they probably weren't going to clear him to wrestle. So to him, there was no reason to stay. And I can't blame him there. Uh, that's, you know, not totally confirmed, but I definitely have a feeling that is the road they went down. Mickey James. Mickey James is going to be far better off wherever she goes, whether it be an Impact, NWA, Ring of Honor, or All Elite Wrestling. I think she was getting very underutilized there. They didn't use her in any role. And now she has a chance to go somewhere and shine once again. Much like the much like she did the first time she was released from WWE. Tucker looked very seemed very happy on Twitter that he was released. He said freedom, freedom at last. He said he's gonna share some stories of how, you know, he ended up there, and I can't blame him. He probably had a lot of anger being broken up from his friend Otis and having no direction after that. Kalisto, a guy that's very talented and they just, you know, seemingly gave up on. He is now a free man. He's going to have many suitors as well. Mojo Raleigh released. Uh, I can't name the last time I saw Mojo Raleigh in a match, for being truthfully honest. And that's that. And the final release, of course, was Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas hasn't wrestled since, I believe, 2019. So this was a long time coming. We saw stories pop up in months past that Bo Dallas was already preparing for life after wrestling. So it definitely seemed as though this was a move long time in the making, which is sad because Bo Dallas was once a wrestler with uh, among the highest potential in any company. And it's a real shame they never made him work. Now, perhaps the biggest and freshest news we have on the panel tonight is that after Mickey James tweeted out to the world that her all of her belongings from WWE were delivered to her in a trash bag that just said Mickey on it, she said, thanks for the care package, WWE, tag Vince McMahon. And, you know, that's a real bad look for a company that's so corporate, that's so big, that, you know, should be better than that. And Triple H shocked many at night when he tweeted out that he's, ve he's very upset, um, very unfortunate that that happened. And the people that have been in dealing with that have been fired. Most notably, for those who follow WWE, watch Total Divas, watch anything, just know anything about WWE. The head public relations man, Mark Carano, has been fired. Uh, at least that's reported by Fightful as well as the Wrestling Observer. That's major news and it sounds like far from done. There's a lot of firings going on tonight tonight. 
And a lot of it has to do with that terrible, awful handling of the talents released. And I can't blame WWE for making this move because it makes them look awful. It makes them look absolutely awful. So some of these moves may be a long time coming. Get people out that don't respect others is always a good plan. Yeah, you feel for the the talents that lost their jobs. You really do. But I think, you know, all of these names, if they want to stay in wrestling, have a very good shot at being better off in three months than they were here. That's just how I feel about these people. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna shine. I think that's just a fact. So let's get on to the rest of the week really because there was a lot. Uh, we had Friday Night Smackdown, the first Smackdown following WrestleMania 37, a very successful WrestleMania 37. Uh, Bianca Belair celebrated her victory in the ring, which was nice. Sasha Sasha Banks couldn't hold in her anger. She didn't say any words. She stormed off. And Bailey has already thrown down a challenge to Bianca Belair. So lots of movement in the SmackDown Women's Division. I think that is really a brilliant way to build Bianca's reign. As champion, I think that's going to end up being a very smart decision by the company. But the big development from SmackDown had to be Cesaro stepping up to the Universal Champion, your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Cesaro versus. Roman Reigns is a match that can be one of the best WWE has all year. One of the best of the past decade. If they tell the right story, which they seem to be already, and that's that Roman Reigns doesn't respect Cesaro. Roman Reigns doesn't believe Cesaro should be in his league. So Cesaro continuing to prove that he not only belongs in the league of a Roman Reigns, but that he is worthy of this title shot is a story I am ready to listen to. Because, to me, this has been a long time coming for Cesaro. It has. I'm excited to see where this story goes. Uh, But it was a good start, really, to the post-WrestleMania SmackDown because... You have two top feuds built right there. And it looks like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn may not be done either, which, you know, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. On to Monday Night Raw. Charlotte Flair went insane after the show, beating up a referee. guess that's worth noting. Monday Night Raw wasn't very good, again. Not very good at all. Uh, I guess the big things were the T-Bar and Mace were unmasked. They look like they will not be wrestling with masks anymore. Now let's just give them their names and let them be who they are. And we'll be right back on track. Randy Orton versus Matt Rill happened on this show. And 
fine match, but it seems like this is where they're going with Randy Orton now. And I think, personally, you know, Randy has been always really good at wrestling these new guys. I think he's actually pretty good at that. It's a role that he fits well, and Riddle ended up picking up the win. So, instantly, it's a real important story, and it gives something for Randy to do while he's not chasing a title or feuding with a main eventer. I think this is the way to use Randy, and I think this could be a solid feud. Uh, The best part about Raw, and really... The best part about Raw for months is Sheamus. The United States champion made his first appearance since winning the title at WrestleMania, and he said he would do an open challenge, much like the great champions before him like John Cena. Adam Pearce tried to push him towards this win, and he said, you know what, I'll do it, but not for the title. And... Pierce was cool with that. It gave someone an opportunity. Humberto Carrillo answered that opportunity, but Humberto Carrillo didn't even get to start the match. Sheamus beat him down brutally in the middle of the ring. He did not let it even get going. And this is the Sheamus, I think, that is perfect to hold this title. If he does all these open matches and doesn't even let the match start or just dominates his opponent, I think that is brilliant. Because... When Keith Lee returns to answer this open challenge, Sheamus is put in his place. I don't know when Keith Lee is returning, but I have in good hope and feeling that he will be coming back soon and he will be facing Sheamus for that United States Championship. Seems like the right move. Uh, A couple roster notes here. Mia Yim, uh, also known as Reckoning, from Retribution, as well as Slapjack, a.k.a. Shane Thorne, have been moved to SmackDown. So that's of note. Uh, don't know where that ends up going. Hopefully it means Mia Yim's going to be Mia Yim. I could be cool with a Mia Yim versus Sasha Banks feud, or a Mia Yim versus Bailey feud. Or, you know, you could toss it right into the title picture if she's Mia Yim. But I don't know if that's necessarily the move I would do just yet. But if she gets to be me, that's a big win. That's a big win all around. So let's get, you know, on to NXT and AEW. Because these are really the big shows of the week this week. I don't have too, too much this week. Because like I said, it was a weird week for me. It was a weird week in wrestling. So it's only right that, you know, I don't take up too much time, but get to the get to the important stuff. So NXT kicked off this week with the return of Kyle Riley. Cool Kyle. That's who he was, you know, his character was this time around. Uh, cool Kyle. Wearing a weird hat. I didn't really... Um, understand what was going on here. He felt very heelish. Kind of goofy. And I know Kyle's a charismatic guy. I I just felt this was not... I don't know. It didn't feel like him. But I could be wrong. Uh, 
Um, he ended up having a match with Cameron Grimes in the main event, a really good match. Um, one that I would actually recommend to anyone go check out uh, from NXT this week, the main event. It was great. It was really good. Uh, it shows how good Kyle is, especially as a single star now. It shows how good Grimes is, too. Grimes is a great heel. And I don't know where they're going with it, but I've really enjoyed what he's doing. And Kyle Riley, Kyle Riley looks like he's going to step up to carrying Cross sooner rather than later. Which, it bothers me because I just want him to win gold, and I think he should win that NXT championship. I just don't know how long they're going to take. I think they're going to try the Johnny Gargano story with O'Reilly, though. I think that's clearly where we're going. And you know Adam Cole is coming back sooner rather than later. So, it's just a matter of time, I guess. Uh, Dexter Loomis versus LA Knight. The only thing really from here was that Indy Hartwell somewhat screwed over Loomis, who ended up losing to LA Knight um, because they kind of gazed into each other's eyes, were about to kiss. And that's that. Uh, it continues to be really funny, really entertaining on most weeks, uh, these two. And it doesn't, you know, my buddy Robbie Sutter made a good point on Twitter. It doesn't, it shouldn't be as good as it is. It shouldn't be. But it's so entertaining, and that's a credit to both, really. Um, it's a credit to Indy for kind of, you know, making something out of nothing. You know, no one probably, when she called herself Indy Wrestling Loomis on Twitter or whatever, no one probably thought this was going to become one of the major storylines for the way. But it's very entertaining, and it's a credit to them. Io Shirai had an interview saying she was going to take some rest. She's going to take some rest. Work her way back to the NXT Women's Championship. And she deserves that. But she ain't taking rest, folks. Frankie Monet, if you forget, is the former Taya Valkyrie. Made her way into the meeting. Got in the face of Io Shirai. Leading to Io Shirai saying she doesn't like dogs. She likes cats, which was pretty funny. And this is clearly going to be Taya's, uh, Frankie Monet's first feud, and you can't have a bigger one in NXT right now than Io Shirai. None. There's no person bigger on that brand to instantly feud with after your debut. Big stuff for Frankie Monet, and I know she's probably going to get hot shot to the main uh, roster, I think, but there's a very good chance she ends up holding the NXT Women's Championship before it's all said and done, if I had to guess. Saray. Saray, Saray, Saray. The Japanese prodigy Joshi wrestler who dazzled in her extra year, essentially, in Japan, finally made her in-ring WWE debut. A debut over a year in the making. And my, oh my, is she going to be a star. You know, it's worth noting, I watched a good amount of her matches from pre-WWE. I, well, I made sure to go out of my way to see the best of Suri. And I've been told multiple times that 
And reasonably so, there, it was very unlikely she was going to be unable to bring her full style. The way she wrestles to WWE. Because if you looked at Oscar or Kyrie Sane, they had to take a step back with some of the ways they wrestled. And those two are both great here. But not to the greatness they should be having in their matches. But in this first match for Saray, you had the entrance feel like a star-making entrance. You had the in-ring action feel like a star-making performance. And you have the overall likability that Saray carries with her to know that she is going to be nothing less, nothing less in this company than a top star. You know, I have an article coming out. Um, It'll probably be out by the time this is out. Really talk about how Saray already is on her path to a Asuka-like, Shayna Baszler-like, Io Shirai-like title reign down the line. I think she's that next elite NXT Women's Champion. And that may be saying a lot, but there is something special, really special about Saray as a performer, as a wrestler, as a human being. And I'm really excited to see where she goes. But her match was always stark. These two put on a show. And Saray, being who she was in Japan, right into the WWE landscape is the reason she is going to do great things in this company. Kushida versus Oni Larkin. Kushida held an open challenge. It sounds like he plans, at least, to to do that each and every week, which is very exciting if you are a fan, like I am, of Kushida's work. Oni Larkin ended up being the man to fill that role, um, answer the challenge, and man, he had a great showing, as only Lorcan tends to do. I feel like I shouldn't, you know, make that sound surprised. I think Oni Lorcan is one of the more talented individuals in all of WWE when it comes to the in-ring stuff, and he had a great match. This was awesome. I, I loved... You know, what they were able to do because I thought it, I thought it showed what this Cruiserweight division could have been all these years. And if this is the Kushida Cruiserweight division, then I am very much on board. After the match... Santos Escobar and Legado del Fantasma made the attack on Kushida, but MSK, the tag team champions, made the save. And next week we will have a six-man between these six men. And I couldn't think of a more potentially exciting match for any NXT show. These these six could have you know one of the best six-man tags. You'll see. Like, this could be, like, stardom levels of good. 
if they're given the amount of time they should have. Mercedes Martinez continued to call out Raquel Gonzalez, stating that Raquel was scared, and, you know, that could be a really good feud, I think. First feud for Raquel, it could be a dominant-looking one in that because Mercedes is um, near her height, I think, and it could just be a real hard-hitting match. One like the Rhea Ripley rivalry that Raquel had, I think it could be a good... Showing for her long term. And like I said, O'Reilly versus Grimes was great. Definitely check that out. Um, and it was a good NXT once again. It continuously felt like the NXT of old. They're not competing with anyone. They're telling their stories. They're not trying to push these big matches onto you that shouldn't be hitting TV but should be saved. And I think that's a, cr- a credit to not having that pressure that AEW put on them. And their viewership, I believe, went up again. So things are looking good, and that's what's important. And now let's get on to All Elite Wrestling, AEW Dynamite. Another very good episode, unopposed. Show kicked off with absolute Ricky Starks. Taking on Hangman Page. A big singles match for Page. I think, you know, it's been weird how they're handling him. He's had a lot of big matches. But this was a really big one because I think, you know, you knew anyone could win. I think that's really the best type of match when you feel anyone could win the match. That's a big thing for me. If you can go into a match not knowing who's going to win, that's automatically better. And this was a source of that. And it ended up being a really good fight. Hangman, of course, ended up coming out on top. And it looked like Team Taz was on the same page here. Because they tried to attack Hangman, but he was eventually saved by the Dark Order. So, Team Taz has their foot dipped into a lot of pawns here. They, you know, are trying to feud with Christian Cage. Now they're trying to feud with Hangman Page. I don't know which scenario is going to get Team Taz a big win, but it needs to be one of them. Next week, we're getting Brian Cage versus Hangman Page. I think it would be a good time for Hangman to suffer his first loss. Of the year. Trent versus Pentagon was a really good match. Uh, Trent's very underrated, I think, because he's part of a team that involves Orange Cassidy. It's hard to remember how good he can be. But this was really good. Uh, Pentagon got the win, as he should have, which was a blessing. It was a real blessing um, because I think Pentagon really like his brother, has world champion material written all over. Like, I almost don't know how you keep down Death Triangle much longer. Because it we're going to get to a point where they need some gold. I don't think we're there yet, but we're getting to that point. 
And, you know, to me, they're the best part of Dynamite every single week. So, yeah, I would like to see them win. Uh, the Pinnacle had an interview. It was fine. MJF was really angry. I don't really care about the uh, the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle, but that's going to be the one match on the Blood and Gut show on May 5th. So, I guess I should try to care, but I don't. Hikaru Shida versus Ty Conchi for the AEW Women's World Championship. Great match. Match of Tay Conchi's career. Another great match for Hikaru Shida on this title run. Of course, Shida won. There was never a doubt about that in my mind. I don't think anyone really thought Ty was going to win, but it was a great showing for her. And after the match, they finally revealed it. Britt Baker is now going to be number one in the rankings. She is now going to be the rightful number one contender for the AEW Women's World Championship. And the biggest match that women's division has, the biggest match, one of the biggest match that company has, is most likely going to happen at double or nothing. Kawashita, AEW Women's World Champion, defense against... Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I'm very excited. I'm very, very, very excited. After this, though, you know, they had the Inner Circle uh, promo. It was brutally bad. The only good part was um, Santana. I thought he cut a decent promo, but Jericho was bad. It was bad. It was really bad. As I said, I don't really care about this feud. Next week, they're going to have some parlay before the Blood and Guts match. Meh. Whatever. If the Blood and Guts match doesn't make uh, Wardlow look like a star, then I don't know what we're doing here. That's what I'll say about the Blood and Guts match. QT Marshall versus Billy Gunn. Match wasn't great, but letting Anthony Agogo be the reason that QT Marshall won was great. And then Nick Comoroto got smashed with a wooden table on his skull by Dustin Rhodes, and he just didn't move. He just no-sold the shit out of this. Looked like an absolute menace when he, you know, his head appeared and he was just staring down. Dustin with daggers in his eyes. Like, that was awesome to me. I thought that was awesome. The Elite. They finally, for the first time ever, brought up uh, the fact that Kenny Omega is fighting for the Impact World Championship. Sunday, by the way, in case you forgot, it's this Sunday. Big, 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 big. Um, It ultimately saw the Elite plus Gallows and Anderson and Don Callis sitting in their own little trailer before John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, who are so good together, smashed them with the truck, smashed the trailer, looked to go beat them up with a pipe. They, of course, escaped by then. And there was some good comedy there. Uh, There was a point where Moxley threw the pole at the glass, and Eddie Kingston goes, whoa, you didn't you didn't want me to, you know, move out of the way before you threw that? It was really good uh, comedy 
these two are going to be the next tag team champions. I think that's just the way you go. I think they are so good together that a title run or even a miniature title run and then they get screwed is a good way. You know, that way the Young Bucks are the first two-time champions. That way you give Mox and Kingston something for another month or two, three, four, five. I think that's a good way to go. Powerhouse Will Hobbs versus Christian Cage. To me, a weird match, really, because, you know, these two are complete opposites in the way they wrestle, but, man, did they have a really fun match. It was nothing to, you know, go out of your way to see, I think, but I thought it was really good. Uh, Hobbs looked like an absolute monster from beginning to end. There was no doubt about that. And Cage picked up another big win. He was able to escape the destruction of Hobbs, which... I just, I'm wondering where this story is going with Team Taz because I have no clue where it's going. They had a really cool video package where a bunch of managers were talking about signing Jade Cargill to their brand. And it looks like this is the direction we're going to go. She's going to end up with a manager. It's just whoever gives her the most money. So it's very intriguing because I think Jade really can't miss right now. And if you're a manager, why would you not want maybe the most dominant woman around? I think it would be interesting to see her join a group, perhaps. Um, but I also think she's good on her own. So, you know, keep your eyes on that moving forward. And then Jungle Boy versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship main evented. Another really good match. Jungle Boy continues to show his improvement. Um, the fans are way behind him. Darby Allen continues to have some great matches as champion, and he was able to survive the match, defend his title for the show to go off the air. Like I said, a great match. Um, I just I don't know who beats Darby. Is it Lance Archer? Is it Scorpio Sky? I don't know. I don't know. They did a little angle after this to tease either one again. Ethan Page, like, I don't know, man. I don't know where we go, but clearly this is the way to go, and I'm intrigued. At the very least, I'm intrigued. As I said on Sunday night, Impact Wrestling holds their Rebellion pay-per-view as Kenny Omega will compete for the Impact World Championship while the AEW Championship is also on the line, it is a title versus title match. He will be facing Rich Swan, the champion. Very exciting stuff. And I just want to do a quick prediction here. I'm picking Kenny Omega to go over. And I could see this as the next big step in this weird AEW impact angle that I'm still waiting to see, you know, grow beyond the Good Brothers going to... AEW because that's just not enough for me. Now my match of the week. My match of the week was from this past weekend stardom shows as Siri and Julia faced off with Momo Oz, aka Momo Watanabe, and Azumi. Just a fantastic 15 minute draw. All action and Julia and Siri are very, very much showing that 
their tag matches are just never going to slow down. They're just going to be all-out brawls from beginning to end, and really, that's the best way to do it. I think that if this is Julia's new style moving forward, it's brilliant for her because it's the best style she wrestles. And then uh, Sherry is just looking so good right now um, in all of her matches. She has a real seriousness. And then Momo Oz, of course, you know, they're my favorite team in the world right now to watch. They are simply fantastic. Two of my favorite wrestlers in the world as well. Just a great match. And it's going to lead to a title match down the line. So go out of your way to see this. This, this is absolutely my match of the week. And it's only the beginning, I think, between especially Julia and Momo. That is a big match they have held off on for some time there in stardom, and it's really one of the biggest matches they have. By far. One of the biggest matches they have. So that's it for me this week. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, you already know that I am now contributing to Voices of Wrestling, a very big, very big website in professional wrestling. Uh, you can check out my first and only article so far there. Uh, Tam Nakano, the rise from inconsistent idol to one of the best in the world. Please check that out. I've received so much love already. Can't appreciate it any more than I already do, but I'm going to try. Um, you can check out my articles at Inside the Ropes as well. Um, my most recent article was the best NXT TakeOver matches from every single NXT TakeOver. A lot of work, but hey, worth the worth a look if you want to see my thoughts on every TakeOver, really. And I definitely have some stuff coming out. And of always, you can check out my work at lastwordonsports.com slash pro wrestling. We have plenty more articles on the way there. So definitely continue to check those out. You can follow me at Scott E Wrestling, S-C-O-T-T-E Wrestling on Twitter. Please follow me there as I share my thoughts on some you know new ventures in pro wrestling, whether it be Champion Carnival um, from AJ AJPW or stardom overall or just every match i watch i try to uh, talk about them on there so definitely follow me on there otherwise guys thank you for listening as always i really do appreciate it i got some news coming up soon regarding AEW pay-per-views on the show which i'm very excited to share um definitely check out my match race update with ryan from Countout pod that is now live uh the Match race update from March. Uh, You can check out my top three matches of the month. Which, shockingly, are all from All-Star Dream Cinderella. Definitely go check those out as I continue to have a good run against Ryan so far. So yes, check that out. And that's that for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening as always. I hope you have a safe and wonderful week. And until next time, have a good one, everybody.
再び学部賞